We'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Aurora! Back in the NRL. As Willie Moore. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Welcome to episode number 25 of The Take with Willie and Ian. It is Willie and Ian. Gee, we're getting good at this Zoom thing, aren't we, Will? Is this, is this our fifth fifth, fifth time? Fifth, five weeks in a row? It's terrible. No, it's more than that, I reckon. Oh, really? Oh, we're, we're getting, used, we're getting used to it. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, just the norm now, isn't it? Well, we're brought Killing to me. you by bettingsite.com.au. Um, thanks again to them. We've also got Yamaha at the bottom now. They've got the uh, the headphones, but I can't wear them because I had the cancers cut out from the old... Uh, the How old is it? How's week. your ear? Mate, it's all right. I'll tell you what, we had... Uh, is that yeah, painful? Is that painful? No, that in your ear? Yeah, it's actually... It's, <laughs> but we had, um, we had a little session with my little boy in the park. We had two people in the park and ran him through some drills on Sunday. And yes. I was holding a bag, and then in one of the drills, uh, when I was attempting to hold you back from uh, one of the defensive drills, and you mm. you elbowed me straight in the ear. I didn't say anything at the time, though. But yeah, that was. I that know. Set I, me forgot, back. I forgot because you're like, uh, so it was just change drills. <laughs> that set me back. Let's show a different My bad. now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of. Um, of things that aren't great other than my ear. Uh, we just want to send our best wishes to Todai Kefu, the, uh, the Wallaby legend. He had a, a horrific incident um, in the last couple of days where, you know, he's been stabbed in a home invasion. It's just an awful, awful situation. And from all reports, he's up and, and, and around now. Yeah. We just want to wish him all the best. Yeah. Wish you all the best, Todai. He's one of the, he's, he's such a, role model within the Tongan community as well. Like he's played for the Wallabies, but he's Tongan. And uh, all the guys, you know, they've got so much respect for him. He was flying the flag in the late 90s, 2000s. He was the best Wallabies forward out there. So, you know, prayers to uh, to you, Big Toto. Hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he's okay because that was terrible news. It's awful what they did. I hope, hopefully they get that charged with murder and go straight to jail, those little pricks. Yeah, it's awful. awful. And also Andrew Fafita as well, speaking of, been a bad uh, Bad week for Tongan footballers, actually. But Andrew yeah. Fafita had that shocking injury where he uh, he had a swollen larynx and he was shrugging to breathe. It's just it's a bad look. But he's apparently yeah. he, he's had surgery and and he's doing all right. So yeah, best um, wishes, big Fafita. He's a good kid, man. He's a good dude. He's uh, he's had a bit of a rough year, so this is not a good way to end it. Um, just get well, get back into preseason and get back into it next year. So terrible way, man. As long as they're both all right, that's the main thing. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we sort of make jokes about things every week, but there's nothing funny about what's happened there. And we really hope they are okay because that's... Uh, These guys have know, got families, mate. They're all family men, yeah. first of all. They're football players and all that kind of stuff later. All right. So let's go into, speaking of things that are truly awful, the Parramatta Eels, William. They are... Yeah, not good. Not good. They stink. And I'll tell you what's happened at the moment. Whenever... Sides are winning, then things get pushed under the carpet and nobody ever talks about it. The, the Eels have had four pretty average losses in a row. All of a sudden, now they're in the press because apparently the wives are upset because such and such has got a bigger room and they're reporting all of these things that, you know, th- there's off-field dramas. And now 
how much of this is actually, do you reckon, how much of this is actually a drama and how much is this tr- people trying to look for reasons why Parramatta are playing so badly? I, I, it's a little bit of both. I know for a fact, uh, probably about 10 weeks ago, I spoke to someone at Parramatta who's playing in that team, not happy with what's going on. You know, it is internal with, the, with amongst a few players. You know, that's definitely happening. Um, I never thought it would affect the way that they were playing because at this time they were, you know, coming third or fourth or something like that. So it's obviously, this is before the lockdown. So it's come to a head now. You know, obviously players aren't getting along that well, but I never thought it would, um, even if things happen like that off the field, I've never been in a team where people just didn't like each other flat out and it was both open. I've never been in a team like that. So I wouldn't know how to deal with it. It'd probably be up to the leadership group there and the coach to fix that if if it's out in the open. I'm not sure it was, but maybe it is now, you know, especially living with each other, being with each other every day. That's a good way to sort it out. Or if you just say, if you were pissed off with someone, then you're with him every day and you're probably, you're probably fronting. Well, that definitely does magnify issues. Because if you think about, Sides that are, you know, that are getting on really well and, and it galvanizes a team. It's like you're on a big holiday, you know, you're hanging out, yeah. you're doing all the things together. But if there's little tiny little issues, yeah. then that's going to magnify them to a level where they just, I don't know, do, do you deal with them as a, as a group or do you, do you wait for the individuals to sort out their problems with the individuals? If I was in a team like that and I knew two individuals weren't getting along, would, the leadership group would sit you down and sort it out. And there's, a, there's, there's things going on that's bigger than you and your little tip at the moment, your personal little thing that's going on. You're trying to win a premiership. You can do what you want after the, after the season. You can deal with it then. And I just don't think the leadership's there in that club. That should be from the coach. And if the coach doesn't know, he should know. Because if, if he has that relationship with his players, the coach would find out. You know what I mean? Like guys like Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy, all the good coaches, Trent Robinson... They, they find out and they get to the end of it and they sort it out before it gets to anything like this. But I'm not blaming that little riff, but it's sub, sometimes subconscious, subconsciously could eat at you all year. And then like when you put them in this, everything magnifies. Have a look, you're in each other's pockets. It'd be awful if you didn't like someone and you're in the same sort of playing group. You know what I mean? It's sort of build, you build that sort of riff. And that's what sort of looks like it's happening, but it looks like it's gone from that onto the, carried onto the field. They don't look like they're interested. You, it's like they're coming. It's like they're coming, eighth, ninth, or tenth. It's like, oh, if we fucking lose, who cares? Like it out of sixteenth, the way they are at the moment. The way they're well, let's, playing. Yeah, but let's just get this shit out of the way and go to Vegas. No Vegas, nothing's happening. With, not the whole team though. Just bits, no, just splinter one. groups. So <laughs> you you started off with you know you had enormous success, like unusual amounts of success to walk into a side that was as good as that Canterbury side was in the early two thousands and. You know, and then when you left there, you had mixed success at different clubs, but you went yeah. through some pretty lean years with a couple of different clubs. Was there ever a time where the players, I mean, obviously they're under a huge amount of pressure in terms of there's media stuff, there's there's internal mm. stuff. Have you ever seen a team turn on each other in that way? Like that, that seems mm. to me an unusual circumstance to have blokes that have done the preseason and everything together to start ripping into each other. Yeah, I've never, as I said at the start, I've never, I've never seen any, any, any teammate dislike each other that open, where they're like, you can't be in the same room as each other or anything like. That. And I was at Manly, where DCE and Brett Stewart they were supposedly, supposedly a rift. No, they got along. We went out for lunches. We had beers together after the game. There was nothing. They just kept it professional. 
that's the thing. You got to keep things professional, even if you like don't like the bloke. You know what I mean, like, I've never I've never seen anything like it. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think it's up to the the leadership group in that club to sort that shit out within the players, because the players would know about it. Mm. You know what I mean? That's not. This is this is all on the players' group. You know, like, big clubs, good clubs, clubs that are tight with each other would sort this shit out straight away. Because everything's out in the open. It's funny too, isn't it? Because if you look at a club like Parramatta, they've had success, but they haven't had a lot of success. And all of a sudden, they've got a number of players. The salary cap is what it is. People get paid money, and that's that's part and parcel of, of having a salary cap. You've got players that get paid more, you get players that get paid less. But Parramatta have got a number of players that are getting paid good money, but they haven't probably brought the success that that sort of price tag expects. And they're, they're not the only team that does it, but... They've got a number of mid-range players that are earning a lot of money. And they've got a lot of young players coming through that are they're going to have to spend money to retain. Like Papa Lee was on a cut price deal. Yeah. That won't stay because people will be falling over themselves. The big thing with Gutherson for me is if you think he's a, a player that's worth 750 but you have to pay him a million because he's your marquee player. All of a sudden, there's 250 grand that can't go to someone else. And there's a knock-on effect to that because then other people start to think, oh, well, I should be getting paid this, Gutho's getting that. Now, there's no question he is the leader of that side. But should he be getting paid that sort of money just because he's a leader? It really does – it creates that mid-range side where people are getting paid money and it's really hard to control a salary cap. See, I'm all for players. I don't really like speaking on players' money or anything like that. So I don't really comment because I think Gutho deserves every single cent he gets. But I can understand from what you're saying, the angle that you are saying, it does cause little bits of rips. But for him, you know, he he deserves everything. In the last three or four years, I said last week, he's been a top three, four, three or four fullback in the game. And that's saying, that's saying a fair bit. You know, he pushed himself in the origin side. He's been a big part, big integral part of Parramatta, being in the finals for the last couple of years. Yes, they've fallen short. But that should never dictate how much money this kid gets. And at the moment now, just because he hasn't got an Australian jersey or anything like that, or current origin player, that's because just the climate that we're in. The, I mean, what sort of the plays talent. he has to go against. You know, the talent pool in fullback is unbelievable. But he is a top player. He deserves a mil plus because of the circumstance. You know what I mean? Like, it's not by default or anything like that. This is the money that he deserves. He's the best player in that club. Salary cap says, your best player gets a mil plus. Mm. That's where he sits. He's got the best agent, agent in the game, Sammy Ayub, and he will milk that club for what it's got. Who else are you going to get? And that's and that's a, such a good point, Will, because I, I feel like I see Gutherson, you know, and whether it's coming from Parramatta or not, but there's leaks, obviously, that he wants a million bucks a year and all this. And to, to from my perspective, that's no one's business. Like, if, if someone wants to pay King Gutherson a million bucks a year, if someone, yeah. like, if, if I got offered an extra $10 a week to go and do a podcast with someone else, Will, I'd take it. 100% I would. I would. Straight away. I would take that yeah. money and I would go straight to the tape Stick with Ian and someone else. <laughs> but, you know, anyone who thinks they wouldn't take more in a workplace is an idiot. So I don't, I don't like what, the fact that the media is trying to control the narrative like Gutho doesn't deserve that money. Look at yeah. the runs on the board. He's probably got like player of the year. He's in the top three all the time. He deserves his money. Pay that man his money. Every other player, this million dollars is not that. It's not. It's not like that. It's it's not weird anymore. When they go, he's on a million dollars. They're going to have one player in every club over a mil. And that's what the salary yeah. cap is. Cause the cause the talent. Just say our talent. You've got probably got three or probably four or five stars in your team, superstars. So you've got to pay all the rest of free fucking role players. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to hmm. probably have a winger on two fifty. 
You know what I mean? Like, like you're not going to really pay everybody like four, five hundred, four, five hundred, unless they're decent first graders. But your stars are going to get a mil plus. That's just the way it is. And the talent pool, as I said, you go further down the roster, they ain't getting shit because they're not that good of players. That's the they're Melbourne not. way of doing things. That's like pay, pay, pay your key positions and then get other people Mate, to do a job. Look but- at the call. Like Mar- Reed Marnie deserves some big money. And Gutho deserves it. Nathan Brown's been pretty good for him the couple of years. You know, big Joe, B- Paulo, big Cam, like Gillard, they're going to get some decent money. But like Gutho's your man. He's mm. your man at Parramatta. Like you have a look at all the statistics. He leads everything. He might be in, um, might be in a little bit of a slump right now with the rest of the guys, but mate, usually he's your best player. Yeah. You know, like, so that, therefore you pay him a mil plus, regardless of anything. Like, he gives a shit. You think he gives a fuck about what's happening in the papers? But like who the hell hell let that out from Parramatta trying to think it's going to do you good? That's stupid. It's so dumb. You've got to protect your players. It just, going, it back, just, going, it just... Back, going back, sorry. So going back to um, at the start where you said, you know, some wives and that have been, you know, whinging about the rooms. I wonder what, I wonder how truthful that is, first of all. But I mean, I would go back, if this was actually a case, I'm, blame, I'm blaming the GM or the football manager. He's the one who allocates that. So just say... A person, so a person like Mitchell, Mitchell Moses, um, maybe maybe he's single, maybe he's not. He's got his partner up. So the way that they've been saying it is like the players that are, you know, just say you're seven, you're a seventeenth man or something like that. You're not a big name player, but you've got a wife and three kids. They're up there, and so someone's still up in the penthouse, and these guys are getting the shitty rooms. That's what I hear, hmm. which is terrible because Mitch Moses shouldn't have to make that decision. The GM should, the GM or the football manager should be go and allocate all the rules according to your family, how big your family is, not how big your contract is, because that's terrible. That's a, it's a terrible way. To, if you're going to leave it to the players, they're not going to really make the best decision. You're going to make a selfish decision in, in, in there, you know what I mean, at the end of the day. And but they shouldn't, he, and they should, I know. As I just, if I just, players are going to be like, oh, give me the penthouse. I want the penthouse. No, no, I, that that, like, yeah. I don't think so either, but I'm just saying, if you were in that position, like it's a football manager's fault. You don't you don't try and blame the other players if you are a no. wife or anything started whinging and that is because it's not on the players. You know, like you get divvied all your room up and you got your roommates and the single blokes are hanging out together and you know, like married blokes, you've got that, you've got kids, you get the biggest room. You'd think if you were a player, if I was single I had my partner up there, I'll be like, I oh, just give me one, just give me a single room. Mm. Three kids, if Marco Mealy's going there and he's got two kids, he's getting the biggest room. This is a, this is unprecedented. This shit, you know, it's different. Yeah. You're not going into there's, there's no hierarchy. So, like, you know, if you are, but if it's happening at Parramatta, if that shit is happening and they're not doing that, god damn, that is selfish. Fucking hate selfish people. It's interesting too. We talked about money um, and, and contracts and things, and and Connor Watson, he's a really interesting test case because he does. First of all, he doesn't have a manager, um, which you know I think is fantastic. I think these players, mm. you know, like. But he wasn't happy with the Knights' first offer from all reports. And so he, he actually rang around a few of the coaches and said, we'd be interested. And he's got a good relationship with Trent Roberts. And he signed a He's deal. not that good a manager. He lost 150 grand. But you know <laughs> what, he? Will? You know what? He did. And he's taken, he's I'm taken joking, less I'm money. Joking. And we've, no, but we've talked about it before, that players will take less money. The Broncos used to be like, players will take less money to go to clubs that win. And... The Roosters win. There's no question. And he is a really, really good signing for the Roosters, the way he has been playing. And he's a massive loss for the for for you know for the Knights. So what happens there? What does that say? A, what does that say about the Knights that a bloke's willing to take unders 
mm. to go to a club that's more successful. And would that deal have happened if there was a manager in his year going, take the money, take the money, and then not yeah. thinking about his football? Yeah, I think that's a, it's 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 great from Connor Watson what he's doing, you know, um, with no manager. But like, you know, I just I, it doesn't reflect good on Newcastle. Back to the original one, it doesn't really um, reflect that good. They got all the facilities up there, you know. They got they got a great squad. They got a squad that should be higher than equal eighth or seventh or whatever they're coming. You know, like they 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 should have a dead set shot at the premiership or a top four spot if they're fair income. You know what I mean? But they just uh, they've they've underachieved, and maybe he's just seen something where he's been at the Roosters and the coaching from Trent Robinson, the culture at the Roosters where you're supposed to win, and um, he's probably just sick of turning up and not knowing what team that turns up. Where you know what team turns up when you put that Roosters jersey on, you put a Penrith one, South and Melbourne, you know what team's turning up. Mm. You know, so he's probably and, and he's not from Newcastle. You know, he's probably sick of this. You know, the one team, one town mentality, the Newcastle people get into you. If you're not playing good and that team, the Newcastle people think that team should be nearly in the grand final. That's the way they are. You've got Kalen Pong, you've got Mitchell Pierce, Cy Petey, Clemmer, you know, like Tyson Frizzell. All these, all these names you're rattling off, you know, they expect, they expect to win. And a coach, with a, you know, with a staff bigger than anyone in the whole comp. You know, so I think losing Connor Watson doesn't reflect good on the Knights. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and just say, look, he wanted to probably come home. I don't know. Yeah. Will. I look at I look at I look at that night side, and I watch them every week. Um, and I look at that as a fan. Like if I was a fan of the Newcastle Knights, I look at Connor Watson, and Connor Watson week in week out, he tries his ass off every week. He creates spark whether he comes off the bench and and or whether he starts. He, he creates a fulcrum for their attack. And if you had Bernard and Connor Watsons in that Newcastle side, they win a lot more games. So you've taken a bloke that's probably the one bloke who's put in all year and you, I don't know whether they disrespected him or whether he's just had enough. Either way, the bloke's gone. So I don't know. I, I, if I'm the Knights up there, I'm starting to ask some serious questions about what they're trying to build and his best mate with Kalen Ponger. Mm. That doesn't help I know, the I know, there. I know for sure. Like there's, there's going to be some questions asked this year if Newcastle fall out of the eight or if they just don't, they just smash in the first round because something's not right up there. You got every, you got everything given to you in Newcastle. Granted, it's been you know pretty shitty uh, circumstances for rugby league, but everyone's going through it, so there's no excuses. You know they got one of the best facilities up there, the best town to play in. I got to love playing for Newcastle there, and I just don't understand why they're not winning. Yes, they should be sitting at least at least fourth right now. Mm. They dropped about six or seven games. Um, it's uh, it's alarming. Connor Watson apparently is a cracking bloke too. And he's really good around the locker room and really just, just good in the community as well. So I thought he would have loved Newcastle and stayed there for another three or four years, honestly. But, you know, he just, maybe he's maybe he's tight with his family. So we don't know all these little things. Maybe he's close with his family. Maybe he misses home, you know, like not being able to come back all the time. And, you know, where's he from? He's an Eastern Suburbs boy, isn't he? Uh, I don't think originally. I don't know. I, th- I actually thought he was from the Central Coast. But oh, he's um, a coast boy, isn't he? Yeah. I think he might be, but um, I don't know. Maybe he misses mansions. Is that still there? <laughs> the Empire. Not that anyone can go there know. anymore. I don't but... know what he, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's a, it's a weird one because I thought Connor Watson's played good enough this year to get a decent contract. Now, he has been injured for the last couple of years, which sucks, but like he's been some, he's been solid for him this year. Yeah. Maybe he, they got look, another... I think from a, yeah. from a football perspective, I, I think 
they've struggled to work out what he is up there. I think what his football yeah. needs is he needs a defined role. And I think Trent Barrett will provide him with a with, uh, sorry, Trent Robinson Robert. will provide him with a defined role. And what do you think that go, is? Look, you know, when he started at the Roosters, he was playing fullback. And then he's moved in. He's proved basically he can play Bulked fullback, he too. can play in the middle. You know, he can he, some players, and it's not just rugby league, it's rugby union as well. There's there's some players that don't reach their full potential. Because they're seen as a utility player. If you look at someone yeah. who you were playing with, like Craig Wing, was he a halfback? Mm. Was he a nine? Was yeah. he a fourteen? Kurt Gidley, Kurt Gidley, all those yeah. players. Because because Connor Watson obviously got told in the preseason, put on five kilos of muscle, and we're going to play play you as a lock. A lock. They tried yeah. to copy off a of, uh, of a Victor Radley type Cam Cam Murray, Jake Chaboyevich, and that hasn't worked. No, because uh, I think you know most coaches are going for that third that that um, the lock to be a ball player now. You can't have your like yeah. your Talmalolos and stuff like that. Very rare. You got your dry arrows and that you can slip back to lock, but he's he's mainly a front rower now. So they wanted Connor Watson to do that, and it's just that it just didn't fit. So then he had to suit. He had to sit back and um, you know enjoy the bench for as long as he you know. Like, and you don't know when you're going to get on on the bench. You don't have a role. So you know maybe Robbo said, "Look, you come down here. You're going to be. I don't know. I'm not sure. What well, do you think? Do you know I think what, he's still going I... to come down to Sydney and he's going to be on the bench again." I honestly think I honestly think that if you look at the Roosters, you look at the positions that he's played in the past. He's played halfback, five eight, fullback. Now he's he's got mm. Sam Walker, Luke Keary, and Tedesco. He's played back row, number thirteen. So he's got Radley in front. I think he'll play nine. I think he'll be the starting nine for the Roosters. You got Verrills there. Verrills is a gun. Yeah, Verrills is good. I don't know. He's, he's good. I think as he'll be that. Enough. He'll be the option off the bench. That's it. He does not warrant to come down and start at nine. Yeah, he hasn't played enough games. Beryl's is a nine. Yeah, you know I mean that's I what they, that, they went that phase. Yeah, I mean I just think, I just think something's gone sour in those in those meetings. He doesn't and something he doesn't he doesn't like something about Newcastle where they're heading. So he wants he'd rather play off the bench for uh you know a team Precise that's going to have a win. shot in the finals. Yeah. He wants to play yeah. finals football. That's what it comes down to. He's taken less money to go to a club to play in the exact same position, but he's home. And he's at the club that he loves. I just so heard on. from the I just heard from the producer Willie. He was born in Dubbo and he moved to Avoca when he was five. So there you so go. So we're nowhere near it. Absolutely. So he's a Bruce's, boy. So he's he's a Bruce's junior. He played for the Crocodiles. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great hunting ground. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. One thing, Will, that I would like to get your opinion on. Obviously, this year, um, and before we go into this bit, I just want to say everyone who has kids or anyone who, um, you know, has, has nieces or nephews or whatever. I think the kids have been the people that absolutely have just copped COVID. Well, I'm supposed to be in Mudgee this week for state schools rugby. Yeah. Finn, my little bloke, he's been looking forward to it. You know, he just fronts up. He goes to school. He does his thing. He's not complaining about anything. You've had so many things ripped away from him. And one of the things that's been ripped away from him is sport. And I think sport's such an important part in kids' lives. Um, so if you've got a son or a daughter or a niece or a nephew, just give them a cuddle and tell them you think they're amazing because they've just handled it so well. But Phil Gould has come out with a thing because there's been similar to no schoolboy footy or whatever. There's been no Queensland Cup, New South Wales Cup. There's been no yeah. junior Reggies or whatever. So these blokes haven't been playing footy for 12 months. They've been training. They've been doing these things. Oh, they were. They played half the year this year. Yeah, that's true. They played yeah, half maybe, the year. Yeah. They did play half the year. So... 
what do you think about an idea that he has had where it's like they will play a comp at the end of the year? So I guess instead of doing preseason, mm. um, they play sort of a, you know, a, a, whatever it might be, you know, whether it's a small comp or it gives them a chance to play some footy. It gives a chance yeah. for club recruiters to go out and have a look at it. Um, it's a good idea. I think it's good. I mean, Gus is always coming up with some um, some great ideas, but I understand. Like, just I just try and picture like when I first come down from uh, from Toronto West to to Belmore in '98, uh, I had to fight through that system, and they had the most important years '17, '18, '19 to fight for your first grade spot. That's where all that hard work is done, and these kids haven't got that opportunity to fight to, for for a spot. So, just say if you're not in this top 35, top 35 being squad you do not even get looked at. You, and even if you're coming through the system, you might have a really good 17, 18-year-old kid who needed to play the back end and all that kind of stuff. And you might have been pushing towards the back end of the year and then going into next year. Those you know, opportunities have been taken away from these kids. So the development is a bit stagnated as, as, at the time, which sucks. And I hope, and this is where a lot of um, like recruitment officers are under the pump. You know what I mean? So I'll go back to, like, just say schoolboy football. Like, Australian schoolboys get played this year. And, like, usually you pick all your best schoolboys come from that or your your next, the the big future, like, massive future. You go, all right, we've got 17 players here. Pretty much, I reckon, 80% of them play first grade. You don't get that. You you don't get those trials. You don't get all the recruiters and the managements usually go down to Lyle Peacock in Toronto, and that's where the, the CHS trials are. Or they go to CCC and then they all combine. It's massive for these kids. It's huge. And that's taken away from them as well. They need a chance to play Australian schoolboys. You know, they don't get a chance to play in that Australian under-15s merit side. So you get a lot of this stuff taken away. And you can get really disheartened from the game and not even play. You know what I mean? People are going to get thrown different, you know, different opportunities in life. You might lose them to AFL. You might lose them to rugby union or something like that. Because even though they're not playing, they might just try other things. So we need to be important. The NRL clubs need to be like, hopefully really focus on those young 17, 18, 19 guys. Cause you're very, you're a raw kid. You know what I mean? And yet all these opportunities have been taken away from you. Like you've got to keep them motivated. And I'm like, I don't know the answer to that, but if you, if you do something next year and reward them for, you know, the, the shit show what's happening right now, I don't know, maybe it's all right for these young kids, but we yeah. are, it's, it's a very, very, important time of their career i can only remember when i was just when i just come down from toronto and i was just like shocked at how hard the training is how crazy sydney is you can't acclimate to anything imagine you and all you can think about is playing football that's your only outlet most kids want to go home they want to do this but you you know your main thing is football and you that gets taken away from you you might go home if you're a country kid you're going home yeah for sure do you know what i mean so you need to be really it's really important and that's where the development officers and the recruitment officers They'll be get. They'll earn their money this year, and it's true too because there's there's so many blokes that I was coming through with um, that that you know in those formative years, sort of seven and eighteen, nineteen, had injuries and never mm. really got back. You know, you almost need those years to be really a flow on into what you're doing now. And if you have a little setback, then I mean, I, I'm not talking about myself necessarily, but I, I blew my knee straight out of school and. Um, and that put me a year behind everybody else because I was yeah, out. So sorry, like months. just go, like just imagine if you're a young kid now and you've done your ACL round ten or round one. Yeah. And then all you like you can't go to. I'm not sure. It's just like it's, you got nothing. It sucks. You got no car. There's, there's a lot of variables in there. I've seen, like we know no one had it. There's only one person had a car when we were younger. We all should jump in that. Imagine if he's gone. 
Well, you're catching mm. buses and trains and that everywhere. Then the COVID stuff is hitting. So it's not it's not ideal, but everybody's going through it. I mean, if you're gonna make it, you're gonna make it, you're gonna be dedicated in every in every aspect. But like it's very hard. These kids are going through a hard time from from, from under tens all the way up to you know reserve grade. First grade, yeah. I mean, you, I, I hope to God you never hear any NRL player whinging about how hard it is. You get to play your sport up there on the Gold Coast, sit in the sun, and all you got to do is play, turn up the train, be a good human, and get paid. That's the dream job in Australia at the moment. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's we're, true. We're all stuck here. You know, so, um, you know, they've got, you know, it just sucks. It would suck being a young 17, 18, 19-year-old thinking that you're nearly close to first grade and then bang, another year. Stay positive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that's important. I think, you know, everybody does need to stay positive. And what we would like to, have, to say. Have the, how to have like role models and mentors at that age as well. It's very important that the senior players play some sort of role with these young kids. It's very, very important. You know, like if, if you got a phone call from a Tyson Frizzell or like a Daniel Saifidi or Payne Haas and all that, try and encourage you. You know what I mean? Like to say that, you know, to stay on that straight, stay on the path. Because a lot of these kids will, will go off the path. It's very easy. It's very it's harder easy. to stay on. Yeah. All right, William. Well, what we have got this week, uh, we've got the big fella's back. He's had the birth of his child. He's uh, he's basically had no sleep for the last two weeks. He looks awful. No, that's all right. <laughs> he looks Thanks good. to bettingsite.com.au. Harry, welcome, mate. Congratulations. We haven't spoken to you face-to-face since. Guys, it's Congrats, great to be back. Harry. Thanks for the well wishes. Mate, more than welcome. And uh, let me tell you, you are in for quite the treat. Being a dad is the greatest thing of all time, other than being on this show. Probably the second best thing I've ever done in my life, having a kid, other than being <laughs> on this show. Oh Mate, we uh, we were all so close last That's week. So we were so close. It was, I don't know. I, I've got the sheet here in front of me from the producer and we all lost by one leg in our multis. Um, yeah, you might. I'm going to ring up Daniel, Daniel Tupo. I'm going to ring up and just racially abuse him because he cost me my multi. <laughs> That's Half what you do now, isn't it? Isn't that, isn't That's that what how you do, do it? You can't, have, you can't have a Tongan on Tongan crime. We, we can't have yeah. that. <laughs> no, that's no right. No. Tongans need to be kind to each other. Come on, man. You're better than that. Come on, Toops. 0.5 of a point, Harry. That makes me feel sick. That's the Was second that you, time Bruno? that's happened to mm. you this year, too, Ian. Oh, Remember no. Jake Clifford's kick at goal? Yes, I do. Yes. You're a night supporter. Yeah. I blame you. The half a point. Yeah. So, so that ruined you as well. So, But, mate. You don't like dealing this in week, halves. Looking at your bet, you're not dealing in halves this week. So, mate, I tell you what, I I had a look. I've I've gone right into it this week because I just feel like I've been robbed. I've been robbed by bad decisions. I've been anyway. I don't want to go into my sob story Boy. because everybody. Yeah, I know. It's unfair. All one it's out. Unfair. This I don't know if anyone's following my bets, but let me tell you, this is. The greatest bet of all time. Your one? Called it early. What is it? What is it? I've got Roosters 1 to 12 against a full strength dragon side. And I've got Tigers 1 to 12. I can't believe, I cannot believe that you are getting $13.12 
from Sportsbet for this. That right? That's an incredible. dollars A two-legger. You're getting $13 for that. It's, um, right. that, that is something. Um, well, the Tigers versus Sharks is virtually a loser leaves town game. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mathematically, team drops, yeah, the team drops out. So um, the Tigers got a bit iffy in the last 15 minutes or so against the Cowboys last week. I think a few of their fans started to go, oh, no, not again. Um, but the Sharks as well, they were devastated after that game. Maybe that's... They, they should have won. They yeah. should have won. They lost that game. Yep. Newcastle didn't win it. Yep, 100%. Um, and that's two weeks in a row the Sharks have sort of... You feel like they've given away games and you don't... Like, can they get back up again knowing that it's it's last no. chance to learn, really? Nope. Yeah, you got to like the no. Tigers 1-12 to 12 in that, which is mm. really good value. I, I'm, right. not as, I'm not as confident on the Roosters, but... They, they sort of – they didn't play that well against Brisbane. Uh, maybe maybe they're sort of starting to run out of – they're running on fumes a bit now with all their injuries and stuff like that. So, mm. I, I, th- I think that's where you've gone with that. And No Radley. They're out of juice. No Radley either. That's And that's the big one for them is because when Radley plays, their attack is just so much so much better. Um, and Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, my bet which will You're get absolutely up. I'm very, big I'm very close. You know, you know, I have no idea about betting, but I've been that close for the last couple of weeks, haven't I, Berner? You have been extremely close, William. What have we got this week? <laughs> anyway, well, look, let's South get... Sydney's South Sydney's on the line. West Tigers. I'll take the line of the West Tigers. Uh, total match points: Dragons and Roosters over forty-nine and a half, and Hayes Dunster anytime try scorer. The Dunster. The Dunster. Even, what a name. Bits one that from? I just want to add. Boom. All right. Well, as soon as you've put it in like that, you're destined to win. I can't hear you. We've lost the big fella. He's frozen. He's gone. He's frozen. So we'll go straight to the producer's bet. I don't even know what odds you got because I didn't write them down. I think it's like uh, $11.45. Was it? Good. I think so. That's not a bad bet. Eleven dollars for a bit. Eleven. There you go. He's back. Yeah. Eleven ninety-one. Yeah. Eleven dollars ninety-one at Ladbrokes. Oh, All right. So the That's producer good. has gone back to AFL. Um, the only thing he's won on so far is a couple of flum bets on the Olympics, and the Olympics are dead now. And I don't yeah. know if he's going to back the Paralympics or not. But we're going Melbourne one to thirty-nine. What a low sport when that's a bet. One to thirty-nine. What does that even mean? Uh, Luke Jackson, anytime goal kicker, and Max Gorn, he's anytime goal kicker too. So, Luke, Max, Melbourne, what do you reckon, Harry? $10.25 sports bet. They're in on that one. Melbourne, the Demons, the perennial just bottom first in the AFL this year. I'll have you know. So, there's a little bit happening there. So $10.75. Then Max Gorn, one of their big superstar players in the ruck. $10 for us again. He's he's on a hot streak with the Olympics and he's gone back to the old to the old girlfriend in the AFL. And I've gone mm. unstable again. Yeah. Do you know what? I feel like since you've had a child, you are hiding in the basement and trying to avoid waking the child up. And now I've gone too far away from the router. I think you might have. Now, Harry, what have you got for (laughs) us this week? 
All right, let's get in. Let's get this in quickly. Okay, so I have taken the storm. Matt Burton to score at any time. Can you believe he scored 15 tries this year? He's Alex great. Johnson. I love him. Alex Johnson to score at any time. The Knights 13 plus, and I've gone the opposite to you, Ian. I've gone the Roosters 13 plus at $12.35. Yes. I, may, I may have forgotten that Radley's out, but that's too late. The bets are in. I can't, <laughs> I can't revoke it. I love it. it. So, I love it. Yeah, you, you know what? Traditionally, when we when one party goes against someone else, both people lose. That's been the uh, the experience that we've had so far. So you've just destroyed my bet and your own. Well done, Harry. That's All right, yeah, everyone load up on the Dragons in that case. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Ladbrokes have got on board here with $12.35 about that one. So Good stuff. Yeah. Well, mate, thank you very much. We've got about four grand. We've actually started with um, the social media campaign to get everybody Sending in their, uh, their their applications for the uh, not the award. It's not an award. You, I mean, we could do a certificate too, but you get cash. You get cold hard cash from getting bettingsite.com.au. We're up about four grand. That will definitely buy you some red frogs for the local canteen. So oh, get yes. involved. Send in your uh, send in your applications. Harry, thank you, mate. Good luck with fatherhood, and we'll Cheers, see Harry. you next week. Well, Thanks very next much, week. guys, and hopefully we get a win. Yes, we will. We'll get four. Thanks, mate. See you next week. See you, guys. All right. And make sure make you bet sh- responsibly, guys. All right. Just Gamble like responsibly. Oh, did I say bet responsibly? Yeah, we're gambling responsibly. Though. Oh, we're going to gamble responsibly. Instead, oh, yeah, we could do both. Sure things. Guaranteed. Uh, all right, mate. So let's go quickly now to what we've been doing, obviously, well, last couple of weeks. We got rid of the Broncos and the Bulldogs last week in the uh, best of the worst. So the Cowboys are gone. They're, they're finished for the year. Mm-hmm. They, It's been a very disappointing season for the Cowboys this year. Um, yeah. They'll be extremely disappointed that they've just lost Corey Jensen. He signed with uh, the Brisbane Broncos recruitment guy, uh, the bloke who brought you losing Reese Walsh and <laughs> David Feeder. He's made up for it by signing Corey Jensen for two years. Yeah. So congratulations to all parties there. Actually goes Mate, all right, that Jensen kid. He just needs a crack. He's had a fair crack at the Cowboys, Will. Uh, so, <laughs> Todd Payton, is it his fault? Is it the culture up that joint? What's going on? I don't think he started off that well by dropping, dropping Tao Malolo. No. I don't think there's anything wrong with that culture up there. You know what I mean? So, it's got to be it's got to be on the coach. You can't, you can't put guys like Tao Malolo, who's such a he's a spiritual leader he's pretty much their captain like he's their man he's their like he's their best player and you you throw him on an edge uh you muck around with him all year like he just needs to be playing football that's it and i mean granted he's, he's broken his hand three times this year which sucks but he should never have got off to that start he should never have been playing off the bench you just can't do that to this kid he he did, as i explained last week with all these players these, these great ball runners they can't be on one side of the field because teams will game plan for you defensively. And that's what they did against Taumalolo. You know, like he needs to be in the middle, just running wherever he wants, doing Jason Taumalolo things. And that's not that's not a culture thing or a club thing. That's a coaching thing. Is there any truth to the rumour that he keeps breaking his hand, punching Todd Payton in the face? He's breaking the, the, the coach's door down. Just <laughs> let me at Todd Payton. Every you time know, the like, team was Tuesday. 
Uh, just yeah, I, I don't understand that. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't mess with a kid like that. I wouldn't try and get his minutes down. I wouldn't say everything like that at the start of the year, trying to you know, he's playing 70, 80 minutes a game. You know, like you just you 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 look after his minutes a little bit better. You're playing thirty minutes and two thirty minute stints. You're not playing on, on an edge. You just you next just got to handle things better. Next year they've signed Chad Townsend to play to steer around the park. Um, they haven't really signed anyone else. But he's a he's a good buy. You know, he's he's won a comp. He's you know he, he's he's a, he's a workman like footballer. So. What you're saying yeah. to Jake to Thomas did though is that we don't trust you unless you play Scott Drinkwater, you know, somewhere else. But I don't know. The Cowboys, congratulations. Trying to, unless they play Val Holmes on the wing, which I don't think they will. And you put Drinkwater at fullback. Otherwise, you're putting Dearden on the bench in or Reggie's. not in the team. You got yeah. Drinkwater at 5'8. I think he's a gun. He's a really yeah, good, he's player. good player. Yeah. You know, like I think Dearden's had enough cracks there. You know, this, this, this game's ruthless, mate. Ruthless, mm. and um, you know he'll come up there. He'll he'll they'll be all right. Peter Hick, Peter Hick, who's a good buy too. He's been really good for the Warriors the last couple of years. He's a good player, and he can play anywhere, fullback, center, five eight, anywhere. So he's a good and he's a good person. He's a good dude. Rob, Booker, everywhere. So <laughs> let's have a quick look at the run home because, as we've said from the start, like the top six sort of sorted itself out, sort of mid season, I guess. Mm-hmm. You're left with the Knights on seventh, the Titans on eighth, at eighth, the Raiders at ninth, the Sharks at tenth. Yeah. The Dragons at eleventh, they're going backwards. The Warriors twelfth, and the West Tigers thirteenth. Now that's basically all on differential. I forgot so about the Warriors. You've got the wow. Knights at twenty-two, the Titans, the Raiders, the Sharks. Now the Titans, the Raiders are on twenty. Then you've got the Sharks. All the way down. Everyone else on 18. on 18. Everyone else on 18. Yeah. So, I don't know, Will. Like, I, I can I can sort of see why people would say the top eight's too much because there's sides that have lost more games than they've won that are sort of, yeah. you know, that, that are pushing for this top eight. But I also understand from a TV perspective, they want to have as many finals games as possible. But... There's no way in the world, whatever side finishes eighth is, and I've done, I'll put this in a deck seventh the and eighth. computer. Seventh and eighth. Like, I don't zero think percent chance of winning the comp. Yeah. Zero percent chance of winning the comp. So, what's mm. the point of going through, like, all of these sides, they're good sides and it's interesting and who's going to make the eight and that sort of thing, but they're not going to win the comp. So, why not go to back to a top five or whatever, give the minor premiers a week off? And then have some serious games of football deciding who's going to make yeah. the grand final. It's all it's all good in saying that, and it sounds good, and everyone goes, "Yeah, that sounds better." But it's not the fact. The fact is that we've signed our soul away, and we have to play those games. Yeah, simple. We have to play 25, 26 games, and everything like that. So, you know, like look at the amount of money that these that that the games earning. That means you you guys play as many games as we say. I mean, we can say like we should be a top six. It should be this. And then it, everything just gets longer, you know, like, so the way it is now, I know it sucks because there's not eight really good teams or 12 really good teams where, you know, like just say if we looked at those teams there, like from, from seven to 12, you're going, damn it. If Canberra get in, they could give it a crack. If the Tigers get in, they could give it a crack. Sharks, but all these teams that we just mentioned, they're not beating Melbourne or Penrith or South. Do you know what I no. mean? They're not beating it. No they're not. You know, like simply, like I don't think, 
the Knights would have to have their best game ever to try and beat, you know, to try and win that first semi-final. And if they do win that first semi-final, they're getting belted out the next because those losers in the, in the top four, in the first that first round will come down and spank them the next week. That's the well, difference. Where if you thought you know, like when you top eight, like just say in the last five years, was pretty even. You know, eighth could be. You know, there's a couple of times where you're like one verse. If it was one verse eight in that old McIntyre system, you're like, yeah, they'll give you a good crack. You remember Melbourne against uh, the Titans? You saw that happen. Yeah, it's horrific. And, and I think, it's you know, 40, if 40 I, plus, if I look at it from a fan's perspective, and, and I'm not, there's a lot of people that go to games and, and you know, paint their faces and, and get, you know, they're crying if their team loses. I, I don't personally get that. I, I love that people are, you know, so invested in their team, but, you not know, no, nah, but I mean, there's other things in your life you probably need to get worked up about. But <laughs> if, if I look at my side and my side comes eight, and I go, I'm going to a finals game. You know, the, the insert team here made the finals. Did they really, though? Like, they've limped in, coming to eighth, and they're going to get pumped in the first week. <laughs> it's just the I mean? circumstances this week. I mean, this this year. You know, I mean, in the last, you can't say that in the last couple of years. It's been pretty tight. You know, I mean, seven and eight's always a little bit iffy, isn't it? A little you bit. Know, like, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I mean, I've been in this position before where you're fighting for these for these last couple of games to try and mathematically win the, you know, get in the top eight, but you're there for a reason. You're mediocre. You're, you're a 10 and 10 side or even less, you know? When was, when did the top eight start? When you were playing, like when you first started, was it top eight then? Yeah. It's always, I think when it it all come together in 98, that's when the McIntyre system started, I think. Yeah, right. That's what it was called. One versus eight then, wasn't it? One versus eight. They didn't follow the eight. Second versus seven. Yeah. yeah, it was only till the last couple of years it's been that, been this new way. Well, you kind of, I mean, I don't, I actually, now that I think about it, I actually prefer that system because you get rid of the shit side straight away. Not shit sides, that's not disrespecting sides that make the eight. Congratulations, everyone who makes the eight. But, but what it's of, given is the top four some advantage. If you make the top four, you get two bites. So there's a, yeah. there a couple of times there where we come second, we got beat by seventh and then beat again straight away. Like we, we were done. Or didn't so we didn't even get a chance. So I think second played uh, seventh. We got beat, and then another team beat the other team. So Matt, we were out. Oh, you got out. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah, that that sucked. And it happened a couple of times where a really good team like who comes second or third, you know, they lose that first round. You know, which which is I think I didn't I was, I never had a problem with it. That wasn't in the two, year. In two thousand four. In two thousand four, we we got beaten the first um in the first round, and that's when St George St George come third. And we bumped him out. Oh, because you lost. Yeah, because we lost. So yeah. they were the third. <laughs> so we, and everyone thought we'd do it on purpose. We don't want to lose. No one's going to lose. Uh, look, uh, so, the yeah, other thing I, as I, well, if you look at, if you look at um, other sports, you know, they might have a, a plate and a bowl final. You know what I mean? If, if people really want to, why not have the top four playing off for a proper comp and then you play a, you know, your bowl, you get the Kellogg's. Play for the bronze you know, medal. You put the bronze. Have a bronze. It's no different, really. Play for the Panasonic bronze cup. medal. That's right. Yeah. Bring that back. Midweek. Bring games. it back. So, who do you reckon makes the eight? Looking at looking at the sides that are in a chance with making the eight, who makes it? Well, I look at Newcastle, and I think they've got a, a very easy run home. Bulldogs, Titans, and Broncos. Very yeah. winnable game. So those those guys they shouldn't even move. It should be seventh all the way. 
Um, then you look at the Titans, Storm Knights and Warriors. You know, they're going to drop against the Storm and they're, uh, and the Knights look like, you know, the Knights should beat them as well. But that's that's a 50-50 game. And then you've got the Warriors. Depending on what the Warriors are like, if they win the next two games, then that third game, it could be all up. That's what's that's mm. the only thing that's interesting at this time of the year when you talk about shit teams like this. You know, the Raiders. So the Raiders got the Eagles, the Warriors and the Roosters. You know, they could potentially win most of those games. If you win two out of three, it's probably not going to be good enough. And then yeah. the Sharks, Tigers, Broncos, Storm, Dragons, Roosters, Cowboys, Rabbits, Warriors, Broncos, Raiders, Titans, Tigers, Sharks, Panthers, Bulldogs. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all, it's all pretty tough. So people who are trying to like, they're saying this is the season's over. These games will be, they're fighting for, for a top eight spot to try and salvage some something in, during the year because I don't know what's, and even as I go back to your, your first question, like what team could make a run? None of them. No. Nah. Do you think, like, am I just talking out of school? No, genuinely, no. I just don't think the Warriors, the Tigers, Dragons, I thought the Dragons could have about 10 weeks ago when they were full strength. Now they lost Ben Hunt, McCulloch, they're done. The Raiders are done. Titans and Knights. Like, I don't... And I still don't think those two can give it a crack. But I'd like to see the Knights and the Titans 7 and 8. I don't want to see it change because I think they have enough talent in their team to give... If they do hit a bit of form, anything can happen. Do you know what I mean? Like the Knights have got that team, you know, like you got, you got, you got a, you got a formidable pack there. You got a good nine, a good, a good halfback, great fullback, good bench. Like they've got that, they've got the, the makings of a good team. They just haven't put it all together because of injuries this year, you know, but um, I, I look at, Titans, I, I, I think the see, Knights. I see what Fafita does. I want to see Fafita and Big Tino and, and, um, you know, Jared Wallace and all these big names. I want to see him stand up when it's something's like, when it's, when it's worth it. I want to see I reckon, the Waker and all these blokes. I reckon the Tigers, um, the Tigers potentially should win. Yeah, I think against, the Tigers got a good run. Yeah, the Tigers have got a good run. So if they win two, it, look, it'll probably go down to four and a game. I don't know. If sides are getting decided in the top eight on four and a game, it's, you know. Well, that's all right. Twice, twice in my career, we got done in four for four and against. And that's when you go, damn it. Why do we let those two late tries in in round? Yeah, 10? why do we switch off? Why do we switch off? <laughs> yeah, because uh, you're up thirty and it's just like yeah, thirty to eighteen, you're fine. Oh, that's when all these little things, Mad Monday, just start creeping up. Going, oh, remember we were forty-two ten up and it ended up forty-two thirty. Mm. Then that's when the four and against starts smacking you in the face. Remember, remember when I had the penthouse suite and you didn't. Remember when yeah. I? Do you remember yeah. that? Remember, remember that you and your three kids in the dungeon. <laughs> and I had the basement, the and I had the penthouse, and I have no kids or wife. Do you remember that? In, in the basement with Harry. Because I'm on a because I'm on a million dollars a year. Because I'm on a million a year. A billion. Hi, Tiana from the Green Room Podcast here. Join me with an exclusive backstage pass featuring in-depth conversations and a bunch of personal and crazy stories from around the world with some of the biggest names in music, film, comedy, and everything in between. These definitely aren't your average interviews. Come join me in the green room. Presented by the Handshake Agency. Check it out at thepodcast.com.au. All right, William, you know who should be getting a million dollars a year? Who's that? The big boys. Yes.
Willie's Big Boy. <laughs> All right, guys. Willie's Big Boys this week. It was, um, it was, I mean, every single week. I've got to watch every single game because they're just, it's been crazy every year. I mean, every, every single week, these guys just come out of the, come out, they do their work, they get it done. Um, this week, one point, Jake Trebojevic. Just because his stats doesn't mean he didn't make over 100 meters or anything. Like he played it, I think, close to 70 minutes. I think over 40 tackling involvements. He's well over 90% efficient. But his ball handling around the ruck and getting his big boys to run off him, like Big Marty Tapao and a few other blokes, I forget their names, but they've got some young size, but they've got some young bulls, you know, like the back rollers are big and strong. So he's really, he's that extra ball player. He's their Victor Radley and Cam Murray. You know, he's got silky skills and the way that he gets, like how he gets the ball first receiver, dummies across, got a lead, a lead player and then back out the back to, to Cherry Evans. And they hit those edges where Tom, where every time that Tom Trevojevic skinned it, who's the first bloke with the ball? Always Jake. Watch it all the time. And then Jake, and then Tommy just, just goes off his timing. Two points, Junior Totola was outstanding on the weekend against, um, against the Gold Coast. I think he's been out for a little bit. So that's why that Nichols has been starting well over 200, I think close to 200 metres, over 20 touches, 30 tackles. He was outstanding. I think he's that X factor. You know what I mean? Like he's that X factor in that pack with good legs, good leg speed, good late offload, and he could pass the ball. So if they start playing as a really, as a team, they're the ones that might give it, give it to the storm. We'll touch on that, you know, in the, in the semifinals and stuff. But my three points, Isaac Lee for the Roosters. You see him play we came well over 200 meters, like I think 70, 70 minutes. I don't think people understand the minutes that these guys are playing in the middle is ridiculous and how quick the game is and how what is asked of these middlemen. People wouldn't understand it unless you played in the middle. So I understand it better than anyone. The work that these guys are getting through and the quality of work, the efficiency of their tackling is all have to be over. I know they have to be over 90%. So people at home, like that's you don't just make a tackle. You got to be in the tackle. You got to win the tackle to be efficient. You know what I mean? You need to win your tackle. When I say ninety percent efficient tackler, that means you win nine out of ten. They're on their back, like it's ridiculous. And and all these guys that are that I mentioned, I take into account everything like that. These guys are animals, man. Well over two hundred meters, and just these ball playing skills. And he's been he's going to be really good for the Titans next year. You know, yeah, so definitely. that's that's the big boys for this week. There's um they've been outstanding all year, all year. But that's a, there's, there's a different mix this week. Well, yeah, it is interesting because um, the vote, the leaderboard at this stage, it's got Payne Haas on 19 votes. It's got James Fisher-Harris, who's had a couple of weeks off, on 17 votes. And it's got Junior Paulo on 13. There's only three rounds to go. And, and the only thing I take into account, Payne Haas would barely nearly be on every single one, but they keep losing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've got to take into account that. You know, like he probably played a little bit better than Isaac Liu, but they won. The Roosters won, and it was a it was a head to head game. This sounds Takayaha played played good too. You're you're starting to sound a little bit like when Des Hasler pulled out the Moneyball book to give reasons why Aiden Tolman was better than you. I don't know. Way better. It's, just say, hey, just look at the stats. He's way better. Stats. So Payne Haas is in front. It's going to be pretty close towards the end. And and a big thank you once again. Yeah. To Young Henrys, um, mm -hmm. for those of you at home that don't know, everybody gets, whoever wins this gets a case of Young Henrys a week. A um, week. A week. Oscar, big guy. I'm currently drinking Noble Cut Gin straight because I've run out of Join beer. The club. So, 
So, uh, and it's a good gin too. I don't know if anyone likes gin out there, but get involved. So James Fisher-Harris, he's back from the birth of his first child. What better way to celebrate the birth of your child than by eating a Bondi Tony's burger and and drinking Young Henry's? Good on you. Thanks to both those Body science stuff to rip all that excess off. We'll eat, we'll eat it for you. Bondi Tony's is out there doing its best. Go and get a burger from them because it's really mm. difficult. The longer this lockdown goes, the harder it is for your most beloved restaurants to stay open. So for everyone who's there, go and get a uh, go and get a burger from Bondi Tony's. It's the best burger you'll have. And also you'll be supporting a fantastic local business if you live in your LGA in the eastern <laughs> suburbs. Otherwise, don't go there because you get arrested. <laughs> All right, William, uh, tips for this week. Um, what am I? Have you? Um, remember round twenty. You. Which round are we going to do this? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I've got um, Storm Eagles, Rabbits, Tigers, Knights, Power Roosters, Broncos. I think I've got the same. Oh, is that it? Is that it? That's yeah, that's it. it. I've got exactly. No, I've got exactly the same as you. Because you really? we are. Ge- yeah, we are genuinely just oh, extremely smart about everything. Uh. And also for note in that I am seven ahead of the producer who has oh, once right. again proven that he knows nothing about anything. He's really, I don't know, he can't bet. He can't. He's struggling a little bit now, isn't he? Struggling badly. He's gone back to mm. AFL. Bloke's got nothing. But anyway, I'm in front. <laughs> so that's good. Well, that concludes another week of The Take with Willie and Ian. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have been drinking straight gin because we've got to the end of the show and I'm, I don't want to stop talking, but I'm going to. I'd like to <laughs> or crying, all or crying. <laughs> or cry. I'll go and cry in a second. Uh, thanks yeah. to bettingsite.com.au. Thanks to everyone for listening. Please provide us with some feedback. We'd love to know what we're doing that you like, what we don't do that you would yeah. like us to do. It's not a PSA, guys, but like just try and stay healthy. Get outside, walk. You know, obviously social distance, but you've got to be outside. You've got to stay healthy and fit. Don't stay inside. You know what I mean? Like there's no trans, zero transmissions outside. Go for a walk. Do this. Stay healthy. Eat, eat, eat well. Do everything well. Don't fall into that hole that everyone's doing. It. You know, it's just an excuse. Just take, take, take this moment now and turn it into a positive. We're yeah. all going through it. So just, just be wary of every, everybody's mental health. And, you know, just ask questions. See if everybody's all right. Tough time for everyone. Yeah, it's awful. And make sure if you if you've got any comments or anything at all, we genuinely do look at all our social media stuff. Um, so get us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it might be. Send us through questions. Maybe next mm-hmm. week we can have a section where we we ask some, we answer some questions if you send them in because we'd love to hear from you and we want to engage with you and you know everyone stay safe. All right. Cheers, guys. Keep well. I'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL is Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by... You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network.